listening to Plan B Podcast. The opinions expressed and shared on this podcast are of our own. Welcome to Plan B.SG. Quite a lot of areas that the, that the Russians have taken. Yeah, we're going to go down. Mm. Like, those are not leaders. Mm. Those are shit stutters. Yeah. France this time. Denied. Defied. And at the end of the day, we have a three-way relationship. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's, let's stop this right here. My name is Darren Mark. And I'm Rahman. And today we have a special bonus episode for the week. Yes. Because we have a special guest in the studio. We have uh, a very good looking guy. A handsome, uh, strapping gentleman who is a representative of NCADA. And NCADA stands for National Council Against Drug Abuse. Yes. So. Wait, but wait. You have to address the elephant in the room first. What's the elephant? Zah. Oh yeah, Zaz not here today. Zaz not here today. Yeah, so that's why because you he's on a leave of absence. That's why you have to hear my awkward. Uh, welcome to Plan B. My name is Dema. Why are you echo? Why are you awkward? We do this every week. Why awkward? No, usually he does the intro. What? Oh, that's why lah. Well, we've done it enough times without him. No, but you know, like if you watch, like if you if you watch your own shows, right? Mm. Uh, like I watch quite a lot of uh, podcast shows on YouTube as well. Okay, so the the fixed stuff, uh, mm-hmm. it sticks with you when it changes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It feels, feels damn weird. Yeah, it feels weird. Like the when we changed the intro song, lah. But okay, it was oh, yeah, a good. That, that was a positive change. Yes, and over time you get used to it. Yes. But so anyway, back to uh, this uh, NCADA. Yes, drug abuse. So we have with us. Actually, it's a long, long time friend of yours, apparently. Yes, yes. Uh, since secondary school, right? Yes. So I've uh, known. Uh, we have with us in the studio, Mr. Ahmad Fedaus. Hello. Say hey hi. man, what's up? Uh, so Ahmad Fedaus is from the organization itself, NCADA, and he's here to share with us on everything concerning not abusing drugs. But it's very difficult for me because uh, I grew up with him. Why would that be difficult? Wouldn't it make it like easier? It's difficult to have a serious conversation, bro. Why? Okay, don't, don't, don't say anything. Later you spoil his image. Ah, no. Hey, (laughs) why why you presume these kind of things? But okay, anyway. (laughs) So today we are going to talk about not abusing drugs. Yes. Why? Why should we not abuse drugs? Is that not an obvious question? Well, because you're gonna throw your life away, like basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is the story Shit. that we've been sold, right? Basically, I mean, I'm like growing up. That's all I've heard. Mm-hmm. There is no alternative view on on drugs in Singapore. Mm. I mean, you have lah, but it's basically the the teens, uh, and I think like most people do kind of buy it because from what I hear, even from regular people as well, mm. um, I think most of them internalize this idea that drugs is bad like stay away um, like, you curiosity know, curiosity will still come and buy no you. dude like you know how bad it is not my grandfather once told me uh, uh-huh. no my mom once told me that my gra- so her father uh-huh. told her uh-huh. if you kill a person I can still forgive you because my, you're my daughter uh-huh. you ever touch drugs I will disown you wow serious it, yeah hardcore. it was that bad yeah it was, it was hardcore I mean I don't know if it's like a generational thing because my, my granddad was like I mean, he's like in his 80s now, probably. Yeah, but you see, uh, last time we had a lot of like this kind of um, opium, heroin. That was the, the, mm-hmm. the, the thing then, right? Opium, heroin and all kinds of other nasty things. I think it was the opium because he used to work like um, on the ships, yeah, yeah, the yeah. docks. So yeah. he saw a lot. I think. Then then things moved, right? Over the years, there's a lot of like uh, meth, crystal meth, there's LSD, there's uh, what, shrooms. There's all kinds of whatever shenanigans that came about after the 70s. And then 
Now, today, uh, I don't even know what's popular anymore, but the reality is that there are countries that are moving towards an open drug use yes, kind of yes, thing, yes. like Thailand now, you know, every time you come back to Singapore from Thailand, they're going to do a quick urine test. Yeah, like recently and, uh, I had a friend who went to Thailand uh, and I told him, I was like, you be very careful what you eat there uh, because, I mean, now- Oh, now they put it in right? food also. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. So, I mean, I don't know, I, I mean, you might be able to share something about this, but I don't yeah. know if it's actually a legitimate risk that they include it in the food and then you accidentally consume it. But they will away. tell you, right? Maybe, maybe not. I just came back from Bangkok actually mm-hmm. oh, for, uh-huh. for a work trip. Uh, okay. And I was walking along the street and your cannabis stores are as common as 7-Eleven. Oh my God. <laughs> and it looks clean. It looks, you know, professional. You can just walk in and get something. So what kind of stuff do they sell? It looks clean and professional. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. <laughs> okay, but how do they sell the drugs? Okay. Uh, okay, so I, d- I didn't buy any drugs, so uh-huh. I didn't know. Uh-huh. Um, but you can, from outside, you can see, uh, you know, it's all nicely categorized, priced. Uh-huh. The guy behind the counter looks legit. Uh-huh. You know? <laughs> You expect some kind of Rastafarian guy or something uh-huh. like that. <laughs> some very posh uh, uh-huh. Thai guy. Serious, huh? Yeah. Not like the drug pushers here, like, is that what you're saying? Like the drug pushers here don't look. I don't know, bro. I proper. never meet drug pushers. I also pushers. don't know. Who ah, do you know, bro? Ah, yeah, that's right. Do you want to share something? Why are you meeting drug pushers? Y'all would have dealt with some cases of like, uh, you know, abusers. Not just abusers, but like traffickers. Yeah, but you see, the thing is, unfortunately, the reality is on the ground, most of the pushers, or hmm. this, these are all like low levels. Uh, they right, are probably right, right. caught into it because they are also using and then they got not enough money to pay or something like that. They want to get more. They end up becoming mules. Just, I mean, it's, it, and that I think is an exemplification of why it's bad. Yeah. Because once you get hooked, you cannot tell right from wrong. You will mm. do whatever it takes. I don't know whether you remember a few, uh, I think about a year and a half back, there was right. a very big case some fella, he he went to the extent of prostituting his own wife huh? just to get money to, to buy drugs. It's gross. You lose your sense of reality. Ugh. So when Thailand first legalized, when was this legalization? I think it was, it was like, about June, June 2022. Last mm, year, right? Last year, yeah. So like, were you all just scratching your heads? I mean, it, it doesn't the- help. Um, <laughs> so National Counseling and Drug Abuse, we have a lot of international partners. Mm. Okay. Um, so there are actually organizations in Thailand fighting against this legalization, but the legalization happened anyway. Right. Mm. right. Why, bro? Was it political? I yeah. I don't know why uh, why it ha- happened, mm. but I think the effects of that are clear. So since June 2022, the number of people affected by uh, addiction to marijuana, I think went up four times. Oh, whoa, four hundred. 400%. Uh, 400%. Oh my yeah. God. Then uh, the number of people who became addicted to meth also went up 30%. That could be partly due to cheaper prices from the Golden Triangle, mm. okay. pushing out a lot of meth and all that stuff. But, and I don't know exactly whether they legalized marijuana to deal with the meth or <laughs> it led to the meth. Right, but, right, right. But this is what happened the last uh, one year. Okay, but, but you mentioned just now Golden Triangle, right? Yes. Like our listeners might not know what that is. So there's this area in uh, in Myanmar uh, that straddles Myanmar, Laos and Northern Thailand where you have uh, basically a drug empire, mm. you know, building and, 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 and uh, producing uh, over a billion meth tablets in a year. Mm. I hope oh. saying this doesn't get me to any <laughs> trouble or whatever uh-huh. it is. Okay. But yeah, that's the reality. Like, that's what they're, they're operating. It's really like Breaking Bad 
on oh, a scale uh, of on an industrial it, level. Industrial level, exactly. Damn. Now, why? But meth is not legal in Thailand, right? No, only marijuana. Yes. Okay. So, yep, yep. so that's another bad thing, I guess, right? If they legalize uh, marijuana, and that has led to higher drug abuse of other drugs. Yeah. So we should not legalize. No, but so because so, I think meth is bad. Have you seen it? I have not. I mean, I actually do know somebody in my, I mean, let's say personal sphere, okay. uh, who was very badly affected by drug abuse. So this person, I mean, abused drugs mm. for most of their lives. And I mean, they're no longer with us. Mm. This person is not, I think didn't even reach 50 at oh, the time wow. that, of, of their passing. Okay. Um, and from what I, I, I barely met this person because for most of my life, this person was in and out of jail. Oh yeah. my God. So like, this is a person that I've never really met. I don't remember this person's face. And I could, and I could see the kind of damage that it caused to the people surrounded, mm. like surrounding him, his parents, his siblings, like, because they tried to help. Right. And I mean, if you have a, if you have a person like who is uh, very close to you, mm-hmm. who is getting into trouble with the law because of this kind of nonsense and you want to help, but you're not exactly well off to begin with, what do you do? You end up selling everything, right? No lah, you ask for help from NCADA lah. Okay, maybe back then they didn't know. Ah. Uh. But actually, wait, NC... Nakada has been around at least since the 1990s, I think. So it's, And you also have NAMS, the National uh, Addiction Management uh, Service. I think it's with IMH. Yes, yes. So You check yourself in for that, right? Yeah. Yeah, Whenever. you get rehab. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I, I didn't know this. And I mean, like, so, like, legal services, for example, they also provide, like, legal clinic-ish kind of thing? Legal oh, clinic uh. is always there. La. But, oh. so you have class and uh. you have uh, the, oh. the okay. for, for, for drug offenses, right? Yeah, drug offenses. Yeah. But for the rehab and all that, it's definitely there. La. Mm. So you can oh. check yourself in and get some help. But I, I, you, you pointed out, remember when you said, I think it was your grandfather that, mm. that hated drugs more, right? Because yeah, yeah. the drug addict... It doesn't just disappear, you know. When you when you kill somebody, maybe you end up in jail. Mm. But the drug addict it goes, comes in and out of your life, and yeah, yeah, will yeah. always break your trust. And after a while, it just destroys the relationships. It's mm. true. It's true. You just mm. become desensitized to it because, like, for you can be like over ten years, in and out, constantly breaking promises. Sometimes yes. like implicating you in trouble because of you know the yeah. nonsense. But you see, the problem is right. Oh, okay, so I will say that. I mean. I'm not in two minds, la, but you know, the way the Western media portrays things like drugs, okay, or well, nothing, you know, you take a spliff, it's all right, you know. Uh, I think, of course, we talked about how we have large media personalities mm-hmm. who, who do drugs openly and then that has constantly become like an, a, a reinforcement. But everything that you have said just now, you sharing your past, um, I think not your past, la, but people that you know. I think it barely scratches the surface because you see, like the other day I had uh, these two ladies came to my office, right? Uh, they said they wanted to, you know, do the necessary paperwork to take care of one child. And I said, why you need to take care of this child? Basically, they wanted to apply for guardianship. So uh, they said, uh, no choice because uh, the mother's already in jail, father going in soon. Why? Because both on drugs. And then I say, you want to adopt, don't want to adopt. Oh, unlikely uh, for them to uh, agree to adoption or anything like that. But somebody basically needs to step up to be responsible to take care of the child. Then I said, yeah, but then if you don't go for adoption, for example, when the parents come out, they can, uh, they can, 
you know, ask for the child back. It's mm-hmm. going to be difficult. It's going to be emotionally traumatizing for you. To which they both smile and say, look, this is like what? The fourth time they're going in. <laughs> Even if they come out. So it'll be a few weeks before going back in. So it, it is a harsh reality. But then the other day, so I chanced upon an Instagram post where mm. there was this lady, she was in, in the States and she was sharing about uh, how she lost her husband to addiction. And when I was reading through the post, it was disturbing uh, because mm-hmm. you, 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 you die from the drug abuse, yep. but you leave behind responsibilities, no? Yeah. Your wife, your children, people who actually would have needed your support financially, emotionally, yeah. all gone. So it is, it is a big, um, it destroys families. And that's why we have the death penalty. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, okay, but, but, but first, before we go there, right? Uh, like we talk a lot about like the damages that, that drugs bring, mm. but you know, nowadays, like the, the conversation around drugs is there's a difference between like softer drugs and hard drugs. So I mean, even Where I think- Where goes soft and hard? Drugs, drugs, right? all bad. No, so like people, people like <laughs> online, right? Who uh. talk about, you know, uh, they should- maybe they're more in favor of, let's say, legalizing weed. Mm-hmm. Even they will draw a line and say that, you know, like hard drugs is, is a no because it really does like destroy you. But okay. they will say uh-huh. that meth is not that bad. No, but I want to I wanna, I wanna check something. You being on the council, right? Tell me, people say you can't get addicted to weed. Is that true or not true? It's not true. Mm-hmm. But the, the challenge here is uh, you, you get shown or you today get shown images and, and stories and personalities that paint one particular picture mm-hmm. where you, you know, Movies like uh, actors like Seth Rogen, Snoop Dogg, uh-huh. they, you know, the marijuana use is quite Who listens uh, obvious. to Snoop Dogg anymore nowadays? Mm, a lot of people uh, still uh, Don't say anything like that. Yeah. We, uh, are, we are that generation. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, don't say that. For a while, he was called Snoop Lion. Huh? Yeah, but okay, anyway. Now, mind. now he became Dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, we're okay. on the same page in terms yeah. of humor. Oh, God. Yeah. Okay. You got to follow. But, okay, so... The, the sense is, the problem is when you see all these people smoking weed and, and performing uh, at a high level, you think it's perfectly fine. Yep. But there's mm-hmm. a form of survivorship bias, you see. Mm-hmm. It's like looking mm-hmm. at Mark Zuckerberg or Bill Gates and going, Harvard dropouts means billionaires. Oh, oh that's true. Yeah, They yeah, don't yeah, see yeah, the, yeah. the rest of yeah. the people who dropped out. But the reality <laughs> is for marijuana, yeah, mm. uh, you could maybe five out of 10, six out of 10, maybe mm. you, you take marijuana at one time, you don't get addicted but you don't know whether you are the one, two or three out of 10 that get addicted. Mm. And then it's, it's a bit of a Russian roulette, right? right. And then uh, in the beginning, you might see it's perfectly fine or I, I've had taken it before and I'm perfectly fine. Mm. But then the one other guy, your friend, and I've seen this myself, um, went on to try synthetic weed, mm. went on to take meth and then bipolar synthetic disorder. Synthetic weed? Yeah. yeah. What's synthetic weed? Yeah, it? So it's, the THC compound is artificially made rather okay. than from the from the herb la, okay. from, the, from oh. the marijuana plant. So mm-hmm. that's nasty stuff. Mm. I mean, isn't it just like a replica? I mean, the uh, effects are worse. I, I I wouldn't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> nice try, but I wouldn't know. <laughs> uh, but like the 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 consequences on on some of the people I've seen who taken uh, synthetic weed is is really quite bad la. Oh, and oh. some people are just I guess predisposed to getting addicted. Mm. And they move on to try meth, mm. end up heroin, and then it's just really downhill. Mm. So when you say soft drugs, hard drugs, I guess the technicality is there, but you don't know whether you're the guy that is just going to end up down that slope. Yep. Yeah, but okay. So even if it's bad, right? If you just look at like the way that things are moving around the world, mm. some people feel that, you know, it's actually just a matter of time. Right? Like before even we 
well, legalize it. Well, mm. I hope Singapore continues to have the 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 confidence and the backbone to draw a line when when hope. necessary, lah. Right, hope, and I yeah, think nice. Singapore does have that, lah. Right. Mm. So when it's something, even though everyone else is doing it, if we think it's wrong, we should say it's wrong, lah. Yep. Right. But I mean, think about it. In some countries, you may not have a strong control over the drug situation. Mm. Right. It's very hard to police the borders and enforce and stuff like that. So right, you might right, as well right. take a harm reduction approach mm. and go like. Okay, you, I can't stop you from taking this, but take it safely. It's not something that we need to get to because we are preventing harm. We are oh, enforcing and controlling it. Nice, right? And and I think we always underestimate uh, how bad it can get mm. because we are actually the uh, uh, you know a regional node so close to the Golden Triangle. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine a billion meth tablets going through Singapore, Singapore oh my God. to I many other places. Singapore society, all the kids and the youth are. Gone. Gone. Yeah, actually, that that is quite scary to think about. I want to ask you, you see, a few years back, right? Ecstasy was all the rage. All the rage. How would you know? Huh? He's a know? lawyer, like, he know knows the read, cases. Well, like. Yeah, it was all the rage. So, but you know, ecstasy was bad. Uh, it gives you like bad diarrhea. I mean, can tear your inside, kills a quarter of your brain, all oh. kinds of nasty things, right? right? Okay. And I think the 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 campaign that the government took uh, at that point in time, going against ecstasy. I remember like they would plaster posters everywhere showing like a fe- fella in the toilet finish go yeah. You know what I mean? Oh. Uh, it was very strong imaging, just like you see on cigarette packets, kind of imaging, but yeah, even like, but more harsh. Smoke, what? Yeah, yeah, that one separate. <laughs> yeah. So, so this I thought it was damn effective. Okay, the ecstasy um, uh, campaign was damn effective because I think it was it it did control the numbers did go down after that. Mm-hmm. You didn't get it pushed around at clubs as much, you know, and after a while it just died down. I think right now things that we need to be worried about like marijuana and also uh, meth. Meth, I think, is just nasty. And I tell you honestly. The second a person who's taking meth walks into my office, I can tell. Oh. It is so goddamn obvious. They are th- stick thin. They oh. will have cracked teeth. They will shake. They cannot stare at you in the eye for longer than 15 seconds. They will chew on their own teeth. It, it, it is... I mean, if I was police officer, it's like easy, easy job for me. You know what I mean? And when you look at a person and you look how bad they look because of the meth abuse, I'm like thinking, why you why you even want to try? You know what I mean? Man? How look, many of these have you seen? Enough. Oh, enough. Okay. They they shake, they will they'll do this. Inevitably. Oh, they, so they're not even aware. They're not even aware. They're oh, not even aware. Yeah, so so my question is why do still why do people still want to do this? Oh, because they don't get they don't see that side of the drug abuse, you see. Mm. They see the glamorous part. Because mm. the reality is Math is going to hit your dopamine. It's going to give you. It's going to hit your pleasure center. It's going to be an escape, mm. right? And that's what's presented to them. Um, but they don't see the consequences. They don't see the cost. Okay. And what the people that can get away with it? Maybe I don't know. One out of ten who mm. can who can take math. I've never actually met anybody who take math and can still perform at a high level. Uh, but mm. if there is then, you know, that might give the wrong impression. Everybody hopes it doesn't happen to them, you see. Uh-huh. Everybody hopes that, yeah, I can fight addiction. It's going to be as, you know, I'm addicted to watching Netflix and I can fight that addiction so I can fight this. It's not the same. <laughs> it's not the same. You will lose. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this shit, these chemicals in your brain. It's physical. Exactly. Like, it's yeah. physical. Yeah. yeah. Because like, the, so the person I was talking about just now, right? Like, 
uh, my dad was actually involved in helping to try to, I guess, help this person into withdrawal. Mm. But of course, I think at that point in time, they didn't know that there were services available. So they tried to do it themselves. Mm. So they basically, I think my dad told me, uh, I was like- Cold turkey him. Uh, yeah, cold turkey him. So like they rented a chalet, I think he said at Pasiris or something. Mm. And then they literally tied this person up huh. and just like kind of forced him. That could be an offense, you know, bro. <laughs> Well, my dad's not around anymore. But I mean, he, uh. so he he basically he was telling me like this person was shaking. Uh. It was physical, like it was violent. Yeah, it was yeah, yeah. involuntary. It wasn't mm. like this person fighting to free himself. It was spasms. Yes. Yeah. Because of the addiction, bro. That is real addiction. Have you ever watched this movie called Train Spotting? Mm. You should check it out. Yeah. So basically, movie, even McGregor is going through that withdrawal. They okay. lock him in and he just shakes and bashes himself against the wall. Oh, yeah. After a while, he sees a baby walking on the ceiling. <laughs> so I've met some of these guys and the hallucination is real. Mm. You know, I have a, a, a relative who is in and out and mm. he will come and tell me, occasionally he will say he is the second coming of Christ. Ah, yeah. But Messiah, this is normal. Yeah. This is normal. Yeah. This is actually common among people with those kind of delusions. Yes. Yes. Yeah. They, they are the second coming of Christ. And I say, but do you know Arabic? Well, <laughs> I mean, Muslim, right? Uh, do you know Arabic? No. Uh. So you cannot be. Uh. Uh. You're right. Uh, you are logical. I'm like, see, so <laughs> they, and they don't know where, uh, how much control they have over their reality. Mm. See, they can't see where what is, should be real and what isn't. Mm. And how do you operate like that? You know what I mean? So it's just, you, it's just hard to pull yourself out of that. But on that note, bro, you know the number of people who come in my office and they are families and they all know they got that one dark horse in the corner who's uh, doing yeah. all this shit and they don't report them. Then yeah. how? Then, okay, I give you another example. There was another method that I handled. Uh, it, it was in the media quite a bit because uh, this fella, he uh, abused drugs and all that. And then he ended up uh, in a state where he was out of control. Uh, he started sexually abusing his uh, niece and then also even his daughter. And the person who reported on him was his mother. So the grandmother mm, to the mm, mm. Uh, victim, right? Right. And after the, the mother reported and all that and he was in prison, the mother still came to my office and said to me that she was riddled with guilt. That she had to do that to her own son. She oh. had to report her own son, but she didn't know what the hell else to do. Then I said, you want to be, yeah, you're the mother, but he's doing shit to innocent kids. You know what I mean? Not. So you can't beat yourself up for the rest of your life, right? But it's heartbreaking, bro. It's, you know, the this, mother putting his, her son into jail. Yeah, but this I happens mean, a lot. A I, lot I of know. people do not want to report. A lot of people do not want to be the ones who make that call. Is, is this a problem? Because, I mean, at, I don't know, like NCAD is like a Nakada, law enforcement. Yeah. <laughs> Nakada, okay. Nakada. NCAD sounds like you're rapping. Uh, okay, fine, Nakada. Yeah, I, Nakada. Like, I don't know if Nakada is like a law enforcement. It's not, right? It's not. So we are a council. We have uh, citizens on them. We have represent, representatives from various agencies. Mm. We basically come together to to help the government uh, push the anti-drug narrative. Uh -huh. We work with CNB. We work with SANA. The, oh, the, SANA. Yeah, SANA yeah, and all yeah. that. So uh, we generally want to try to help push the anti-drug narratives. So uh, do they offer, I mean, because Rama was talking about, you know, enforcement, right? Like uh, the legal side of things. That's CNB. La. CNB enforces, catches people and stuff like that. Uh, and like, so you report to them, right? But in terms of like, let's say rehabilitation or just support, because you were talking about how, you know, some people get into this kind of thing because of, you know, they think it's not that bad. 
But for some people, it's because my life is shit. Mm, there is literally true. nothing else that that can get me going. So mm. the thing is, it's heartbreaking, lah, and 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 that's the the challenge. Sometimes the the guy you were talking about, there could have been a reason why he resorted to drugs, okay. right? Maybe his life was shit, mm. right? I had a I used to work with a few school dropouts, right. and this this boy uh, told me, you know, he he came home one day, rental flat. Father was passed out in the living room with a needle in his arm. Oh my god! Yeah, and yeah. you know, there's no space to sleep in the one room one hall, so he needs to sleep in in the boy deck. Mm. But for him, he shared with me he's never gonna do drugs. He slept in the void deck. Yeah, he sleeps in the void deck because there's no room on the floor in the house to sleep because How old the thing was secondary school at that point, but it was oh, a school dropout lah uh-huh. at that point in time. But the guy, the the kid, um you know, let prayer uh, was telling me that, you know, I'm, I'm going to stay from drugs. I'm going to turn around. I'm not going to be like my dad. This was yeah, 2007. I was in SMU still. We were doing a, oh. a project with, with, with Mendaki and all that. Mm. Um, I still remember the guy. Um, fortunately, he uh, he got a girl pregnant. Uh, then he, got, uh, yeah. he went to use court. Uh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but still a good kid. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? But that's the thing. He, he these, these kids sometimes because of their environment, they, they want to find a coping mechanism mm. and they don't know a better coping mechanism than drugs. Mm. Why? Because sometimes the drug is openly available to them. You go downstairs, the the gang guy is there to just push. Mm. I get you addicted, you help me push. Mm. Then, you know, yeah, 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 it's a circle. Uh, so, when, yeah, downward spiral. Correct. Like. So you have your, your, your Salaka, you got your Omega guys pushing. Ayoh. Yeah, I mentioned that. <laughs> oh, but that's the reality. You see. So I, I've had people who came out, uh-huh. right? And the those negative peers, those those gang guys, pull them back in, lah. Mm. It's very yeah. hard to pull out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've seen that also time and time again. Cause um, they come out, they stay away, they try, they try and earn an income, they do silly menial tasks, and then they think shit. Last time life was better. Yeah, you know what I mean. Or? Then at that moment when they are down and they are low and then they feel life last time life better that's exactly when somebody from the past will just bump into them or hey you're out already hey the guys are all you know asking man how are you oh, we all miss you come on come 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 you go one time finish that's it yeah that's tough, huh? that's tough but to blame the the first time you get exposed to uh, drugs to, mm. to blame that guy who is trying to find a way to cope is a bit harsh to okay. to take yeah, a very deterrent yeah, yeah, yeah. approach like if you say if you tell somebody okay so I have a story mm. there was this kid who uh, he was it was a case lah mm-hmm. there's a case that I kid did kid is like how was, old a kid I think it was 17 oh shit okay really eight, he turned 18 lah um, when when I took the case so he was raised by his grandma okay his mother his father is uh, out of the story his mother doesn't want to live with him oh my god So he basically lives with his grandmother. So he studied hard and he got decent results at N level to go into a pretty decent IT course. Mm. So he took that acceptance uh, letter. He went over to his mother and he said, "Hey, come and support me." Mm. Mother said, "I don't want to see your face." Oh my or god! Something like that. Like I don't want to support you. What kind of asshole is that? I mean, this is what he shared with me, right? Okay. So basically, he tore up the paper. Like, if you're not going to support me, why bother? I do this, right? Hey, so I tear that this one. That night, he went to buy meth. Uh-huh. He bought meth. He bought like fifty dollars worth. He was he brought his friend. They both smoked meth. Then the friend was like, "Hey, since I took so much, I might as well give you some money and split lah." Uh. So split. Then he got caught. He cannot trafficking oh because he God. sold to his friend. 
So at 18 years old, uh. trafficking, and I was trying my damnedest best to get him probation, uh-huh. but cannot. cannot. It's very hard. Best so minimum, I, yeah, there is at that point in time it was arguable, but I had no precedent. Mm. So I had to say, look, it's RTC reformative training at point, 18 yeah. months. You go in. I told the guy lah, look, you come out if you need anything. You let me know. Mm. I can support you. But that's one example of you know the coping mechanism. Mm. Like how can we intervene at that point in time to tell him, you know, in Malay, jangan buat kerja bodoh lah. You know, yeah. don't 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 throw your whole life away just because of that. It's okay. tough. Okay, so now I want to ask you another thing. Eh? In the 15 years or so that I've been in practice, I have seen so many organizations come and go to try and promote uh, drug support post, uh, what do you call this, post incarceration, mm. right? Because I think an, any person who's gone through that will know that period of time, right? After you come out from prison, after your first or even second, uh, arguably, is the most important to keep you off, right? So there's a lot of self-help groups. Uh, in fact, I think I'm helping a few just starting out. But I want to know, like, how how many self-help groups do we need? Because it seems like the story that you just told, the people that I see on a daily daily basis, they're not getting any help. But. And will it help now? How much help do we need to give? I mean, it's easy to say there's not enough help. Mm. But I, 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 I do think we do need as much help uh, as we can provide mm. uh, and reach out to as many of those people who need help. Mm. Um, and But we also need If you need help, you got to help us reach out, you know, just help me help you kind of thing a little mm. bit. Um, but the, a lot of these organizations take many different routes. One of it is religion. Mm. One of it is, hey, let me get you on your feet uh, financially. Mm. Uh, some of them, uh, like the digital network, they they use interests like sports and arts. Oh, right. Yeah. Hey, let's be friends. Let's bond over these things and, you know, find yourself worth again and stay mm-hmm. away. Mm-hmm. The idea here is to build a social circle. That's why families are important. So, so bring a build a social circle. Bring that guy in support so that he doesn't require the negative peers. Mm. That's why we need to to accept them into a, a place where they can find value again. Mm. And it's difficult, lah, because they are going. Some of them are going to betray you again. Some of you are going. Some yeah. of them are going to lie again mm. because they can't help it. So it's challenging. Yeah, to manage that. So, do we need to relook the whole thing and plan a whole new support system, or is our like our mechanisms now? You know, you go in, go for DRC, in for a few uh, months and all that, and then you go for some halfway house. Does that still work? Do we need to review that? I mean, in light of everything that has, that has happened, uh, Thailand uh, hmm. global trends. Do we need to look at our um, infrastructure? Two things. One, the the law still need to remain deterrent. That's mm. clear. Yep. The support system is pretty decent. Our two-year recidivism rate is relatively low, mm-hmm. but our five-year recidivism rate is uh-huh. still relatively high. What is recidivism? means mm. you when don't they, step like you don't you know, know this. Yeah. yeah lah, but yeah. everybody else needs to know. Okay, right? sure. <laughs> Basically, when you re- uh, reoffend after yeah, you yeah. come out already, mm. you reoffend. So you know you end up taking drugs again. Um, within the first two years, we have enough to kind of support you. And most of the time, uh, you know, they, they learn to avoid, they have halfway houses, rehab and stuff like that. Mm. But closer to five years, is harder. Mm. Yeah. And when the stress of daily life hits you, your your brain is telling you, hey, you need that dopamine rush. So mm. maybe the problem 
is that life in Singapore just needs to get better. <laughs> Generally speaking. <laughs> I mean, like, if you're five years clean, I guess. and then, you know, like, for two years, you're fine. And okay. then at, like, year three, four, then you're like, wow, life here really sucks. Which is, uh, which uh, brings me nicely to the point where I need to say, I need to take a break. It's been about half an hour talking about drugs. Yeah. Let's take a break and then we'll be back with Ahmad Fidaos uh, and Nakada talking about the other um, the other angles towards preventing drug abuse. That's right. So uh, to support their campaign, their ongoing campaign against drug abuse uh, and to find out more for uh, good conversations about, honest conversations about drug abuse, call, you can uh, visit them on their website at whatsyourfix.sg. Alternatively, you can also find them on their IG and TikTok. Just find them on whatsyourfixsg. Follow them and find out more.